Steven, I got a call last night. I, Tom worrying if I was okay after that segment. Some slurring going on. You know, that's what finally did the great Grego in Dallas. Greg Williams in. <laughs> he was proud TCU was alum. He was sampling some of those. Had a little issue with the uh, with the pain meds, the prescription drugs, and it would sometimes uh, come through in his speech. You would never know with me. No, this is just the way I talk. It happens every once in a while. Stephen, I do still take pain meds. I try to go easy on them before the show. Some people have claimed that I do better with the pain meds. <laughs> so anyway, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Pain meds are great. They're helpful. You don't want to get addicted to them, though. You want to stay off the narcotics. And Stephen, that's why I have moved over to the topical cream. Hello, CBD cream. Oh, hello. Hello, CBD. You, you've been you've been sort of interested in CBD as long as I've known you. So this is I, this is good. I'm glad you're taking the plunge. I am CBD curious. <laughs> David Irvin has been at, at Matt's house for months. <laughs> no, that's that's the real stuff. <laughs> CBD is is it's got some uh, it's I guess it's got some hemp properties, but it's not it's not the real deal. There's no THC, Mom. There's no THC in there. CBD's good. It's good. And uh, it's good topical cream. Put some on before the show today. And then, Steve and I, uh, I also have something new, new to the treatment. People that have been to rehab, not that kind of rehab, physical therapy know what I'm talking about. Some of that electrical stimulation. They call it TENS. It's like the numeral 10, plural form, but it stands for... Like T-I-N-S, it stands for something. But it's basically, they were doing it even when I was in Grant Taft football camp back in the day at Baylor. Uh, that's how you say it, by the way. Over the weekend, the Baylor people got mad because the anybody from the East Coast, the play-by-play man from CBS, of course, was saying Baylor. And people, we, we get mad, Stephen, if you don't say Baylor. Yeah, I saw, that. I saw that kind of stir up some controversy over yeah. the weekend. Yeah, I've gotten past that. I'm just like, you know what, the guy. I thought the guy did a great job. He's a good play-by-play man. I love hearing Raftery. Uh, they he, should let so, you do color for some of these Baylor games, these big national Baylor games. You think so? But yeah. Raftery's awesome. He's incredible. Sure, I, yeah. but I mean, like, you know, they let Bill Walton just say whatever on Pac-12 games. They could let Mosley. <laughs> get Mosley all hopped around. up. Get some CBD cream, get him lathered up, send me on my way. I've always thought that, like when J-Mo does, when Pat has to slide over somewhere else or whatever, I always expect J-Mo to call me, but then he'll just say, uh, uh, David K., can you slide over here? <laughs> well, I heard from, I've run afoul of David K. Only I would run afoul of the great David K. on, like, SID Appreciation Week. It was, like, time to appreciate all the local <laughs> SIDs, and I did something that made him mad. He reported me. All right. Uh, it is Mosley and Simcox and we. Baylor has like a whole file for you. It's just so, oh, Matt. <laughs> Another well, tally for mark years, for Matt. <laughs> I just think it's funny. For years, like 20 years, we've known each other, and he gets he might get mad at me, but he he's not shy. I mean, he's come at me before, barking at me face-to-face. And then after all these years, he reports me. He reports me to my superior, uh, Matt. Uh, Matt did not uh, handle this properly. (laughs) 
It's okay. Well, it's I start okay. now. I start handling things properly now. I know. I know. I know. Mosley did not go through proper protocols, which is not the most shocking thing to anybody. Uh, uh, okay. It is Mosley and Simcox. It's another day, another beautiful day of radio. It is Tuesday. Steven, on a sad note, I don't like to get sad about things, but, uh, Man, today I'm looking at the centerpiece of, of uh, the Dallas Morning News, and I know the Waco Trib is uh, is uh, uh, remembering this day as well. Uh, I always look at both of those papers every day. Love Warner, love uh, love uh, Bryce Cherry over there. Saw he was on Game Time the other day. The great Bryce Cherry. Who else do we know over there, Stephen? I love the young Conine. He's he doesn't always uh, support my work, but that's okay. I like Conine. Uh, who else, Stephen, do we have over there? Conine, Warner. It's kind of become a pretty, pretty uh, streamlined staff over there. Bryce Cherry. Yeah, I think those... somebody else we know. Somebody covers high schools or something over there that we should know. Anyway, love all those guys. Love Kim Gorham back in the day. Kim, if you're out there, shout out to you. Jerry Hill, who's now over with Baylor. He had a Waco Trib run. And then the great Dave Campbell. Oh, man, the greatest of them all. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Where do you think Dave Campbell spent his most of his career? Right over there at the Waco Trib. Love the Waco Trib. And love what they do over there. Do a really nice job. In fact, that Rod, how do I say his last name, Stephen, the uh, longtime photographer there, had a great picture recently of, uh, of Mark Vidal going for a block. It's Rob, like A-Y-O-D-E-L-E-T-E or something. I would... I, however you say his name, really like that photo. All right, Stephen, um, one year later, Kobe Bryant, the death of Kobe Bryant. And, um, I, I, you know, Stephen, it's not, there's not much to compare it to. We have lost players when they were actually still within their playing careers. Roberto Clemente comes to uh, mind. Thurman Munson, I believe, was still playing with the Yankees when he had that helicopter crash. Roy Halladay had uh, retired, and uh, Roy had some uh, demons, and and, uh, we lost Roy too early. Uh, But uh, sadly, uh, you know, there have been more. Thurman Munson was a helicopter crash. Uh, Kobe Bryant was a helicopter crash. And um, it was was just an incredibly, uh, profoundly sad day. I think the fact that uh, there were young people on that uh, on that helicopter, uh, you know, and his his daughter, of course, uh, Gigi, you know, that that just added another layer of sadness. And um, can't let this day go by without uh, remembering it and commenting. Stephen, I you know, I want to hear kind of where you were when it happened. Um, it was a Sunday afternoon, um, and. Oddly enough, Stephen, this was pre-COVID. I mean, this was kind of, mm-hmm. I guess, COVID was going on, but we didn't quite really know anything about it. I think we started to hear a little bit in February. And then in March, we were all impacted in a, in a, in a huge way. But it took until March before we really kind of, okay, let's shut down schools and all kinds of things and businesses. I think even through February, we, uh, we were trying to kind of keep things going a little bit. But so on this January day, I don't think we really knew anything about COVID. And I was sitting in a personnel meeting. Uh, I, I'm on a or personnel committee meeting. 
at my church and my Baptist church. And I was sitting in there and we were kind of wrapping things up and I just happened to check my phone and I saw it and I just was, I, I, you know, you just can't, you're just like, no, surely this can't be right. This, this is not, there's no way. And it was, it, it obviously turned out to be accurate. And uh, one of the greatest basketball players, one of the greatest uh, uh, professional athletes of my lifetime in most of our lifetimes was uh, dead at just, uh, you know, um, uh, just an incredibly young age. Stephen, what were you doing when, uh, when, when you found out about Kobe? I'm sure you found out via uh, Twitter, like a lot of the world, but what mm-hmm. what do you remember doing when you found out the news? I was, uh, yeah, I was home. I was about to leave because it was actually that was Super Bowl week, and the guys had headed to Miami, and we were going to test like our equipment before everything started at Radio Row, and somebody texted our our group, like our group text, and said, um, "It appears Kobe Bryant's passed away," and I was like, "Well, that can't be true." And then, of course, yeah, like everyone else, I got on Twitter and saw the news and. Um, just such a surreal day. I mean, he, you can't really compare it to anything else, the way it happened and how shocking it was. Um, and it's just unfortunate because, you know, Kobe was an amazing basketball player and I I got to live through a lot of his best years on the court. But I think one of the cool things about, um, his post-basketball life was that he's really seemed to find, you know, some purpose and some peace as being a dad and, you know, coaching his, his daughters and um, just getting to spend so much time with them. And he was like a, a mentor to a lot of other guys in the NBA. You saw him at a ton of games and different events as his uh, daughter was playing basketball and, and got older and she tragically passed away in that crash too. But um, yeah, I, I can't, it, it was just such a, a shocking moment and it was very odd processing it and all the news kept coming really fast uh once it happened i can't really compare it to, to anything else but um i was actually headed to work because we were gonna cover the super bowl and you went to you went to miami as well and i remember that first day on radio row it was like we're getting ready for chiefs niners but everyone's talking about kobe because it was the biggest story in the world that day yeah and i think anybody that you know, usually on Radio Row, there's a lot of interesting personalities walking around, and you decide who you want to try to talk to. And if I know our our crew back then, Stephen, they they love doing interviews, so they were trying to grab a lot of folks. But even that day, I would imagine they were. Um, it, it was just a, it just led to a completely different kind of experience. And um, and even when I got into town, I got into town Tuesday or Wednesday of that week to do some radio on, on radio row and super bowl. And, and even then it was just, it was really the only thing people were talking about. So interesting. If you want to, uh, uh, Steven, uh, let our folks know CNC collision text line is two, five, four, six, six, two, 1660. That's the CNC collision text line. We appreciate CNC collision. And then, Stephen, they can always, folks can call us on that Freddie Kish line, 254-662-1660. That's right. Thank uh, you to Freddie Kish and the CNC Collision for uh, joining us there on the text line and phone line. Huge, huge. Really glad to have them on. But, uh, yeah, I I always like hearing from our people, and uh, they remember this and remember this day. 
and it's hard to forget. It's hard to uh, hard to. Uh, I I would say, Stephen, when I kind of think back about uh, Kobe, um, you know, I you you can't help but think I, I covered a lot of Mavericks back then, and uh, when he was still playing, and and kind of toward the end of his career, and you know, I remember going into the Lakers locker room. And very few times did this happen. It certainly happened to me when um, the Wiz- when Jordan was with the Wizards. There were a couple other times where you know you just you just kind of cross paths with players that you had. I remember seeing the glove Gary Payton late in his career with the Sonics, and I had uh, I, I just had that moment. I'm like, my gosh, the glove. I'm sitting here interviewing the glove, and he was kind of snarly like you would expect. But it just, everyone, you know, I got very used to covering the Cowboys, being around mega stars and all that kind of stuff. But Kobe was a different level of superstar. And what I remember about being in the locker room with him, one thing I remember that night was when he he saw um, Mark Stein from ESPN. And he, he said, he was like, Steiny Mo, And he like kind of, you know, forgot about the interview he was doing with the rest of us. And like hollered across the crowded locker room, uh, the visitors' locker room at the AAC to Mark Stein, and it was just funny. Mark was almost a little embarrassed, and he went over and hugged Mark. And um, you just realized that man, he he had. Uh, you would think some of these players had combative relationships with uh, with sports writers over the years, but players like Barkley and even Kobe to a certain extent knew. You know, they they had members of the media that they loved and that they um, – and, and it goes back to Jordan. Jordan had certain members of the media that he trusted and would talk to and would even maybe get to play golf with him on occasion, and that was a different era and uh, that kind of lasted into Kobe's era. And I, I always thought that was kind of funny to watch him, you know, hollering across the, the crowded locker room to a sports writer to give him a hug. And then I walked out of the locker room – that's probably the last time I ever covered a game that Kobe was involved with. And um, and they're standing outside the locker room almost like a little kid wearing a Kobe jersey was T.O., Terrell Owens. And, and he had his sunglasses on, which I have no problem with that, obviously. Uh, indoors, and he, but he had his, he had his. Uh, I can't remember if it was a number eight jersey or which which Kobe jersey it was, twenty four. But he had his, uh, had his Kobe jersey on, and it almost was like he was waiting outside for an autograph or something. It just had a funny feel to it, and it was, it was not. There was no entourage. I've seen To travel with members of the NBA, like uh, Damon, somebody that used to play for. Uh, for the Cavs, Damon, somebody, a little guard. Jones? Would always be with him. Maybe that was Damon Jones, yeah. Uh, I remember him coming to Cowboys games and being out there waiting on T.O. And he had, he liked to have a little entourage. And this, in this time, he was just standing by himself. And T.O. and I had had some history. So I, I did say hello, but it was not it was not really returned, Stephen. Uh, but, uh, but had a, you know, we had a, uh, it was just, it was just interesting to see Another superstar in another sport just waiting, just like waiting his turn. He didn't try to come into the locker room. He was simply waiting outside the locker room for Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, uh, one year away from his tragic death. And uh, 
I just think, Stephen, you know, we 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 mourn the loss of Hank Aaron recently. But what makes it a little bit easier, as sad as it is, to appreciate somebody is when they've had that long, full life like Hank Aaron had uh, and, and died at age 86. When you lose somebody in what should be the prime of their lives, it wasn't the prime of his basketball career, but it was the prime of his life, and he had such small children and and had so much life ahead of him as he was there in his in his uh, 40s and uh, just uh, – extremely, extremely difficult for a lot of people. And uh, feel free throughout the day, by the way, if you have remembrances or you want to say something uh, of what you remember about Kobe, we can read some of those. Uh, Again, that's at CNC Collision text line 254-662-1660. All right, uh, there it is, Stephen. And again, we'll... uh, when we come back, if Stephen, if we have anybody that wants to weigh in, we'd be uh, happy to uh, read some of those, and uh, we will do that. Also, we need to get back into. I've I've had some more thoughts. I had time to sleep on it uh, about Aaron Rodgers and all this quarterback movement slash retirement. What does it mean? Why are we seeing so much quarterback um, turnover in the league? I have theories. And I also want to bring it back to Dakota Rain Prescott. We do it next. There's a reason customers drive from all over Texas to buy a Ram pickup truck from Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly sunny skies today. Should be a real nice day with highs topping out at 69 degrees. Partly cloudy skies tonight. We drop to 43 and mostly sunny tomorrow, but it's going to be cooler with a high of 57. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on Game Time. So anyway, I read that article the other day, and I hadn't thought about Danny White in 100 years, you know. But, uh, yeah, he's a guy that, you know, was really a terrific player and could have and probably should have won a championship, but it just wasn't meant to be. Yep. Back in those days, that's the Cowboys weren't measured on winning NFC East. They nope. were measured on championships. Uh, on championships. Now I think they would love to have a <laughs> – How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> Stop it already. <laughs> this is Game Time on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley from the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. NeighborWorks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you. Not enough money for down payment or low credit score? NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score, and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense. Plus, to make sure you know what to look for in selecting that perfect home for you and your family, call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access our programs knowing your safety is their highest priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. 
My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my community and those I care about safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting nationalguard.com. Sponsored by the Texas Army National Guard. Aired by the Texas Association of Broadcasters and this station. Cold weather is here, and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old drafty windows. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unisil windows are sealed with Duralite. That's a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And right now, they're offering 0% financing for 60 months. That's right, 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free in-home estimate. That's online at UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com, UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com, or call 254-301-7760. That's 254-301-7760. And be sure and check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. At UBO Business Services, being the premier copier service provider in Texas has its advantages. In production, UBO is the only dealership in North America that can sell and service the Xerox, Iridesc, and Versant lines, as well as Konica Minolta's Acuro Press line and Ricoh's Production Pro 7210SX. In wide format, UBO offers HP's industry-leading line of equipment. Call Sean Hunt at 254-772-1600 or ubeo.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. In the Big 12 last night, number 10 Texas Tech lost to number 11 West Virginia 88 to 87, and Oklahoma State beat Iowa State 81 to 60. Number five Texas is scheduled to host Oklahoma tonight. Although Shaka Smart has tested positive for COVID-19 and is in isolation working remotely. Number nine Lady Bears are back home tonight, hosting TCU at the Farrell Center. Tip is at seven o'clock, and you can hear that game on ESPN. Central Texas. Nick Saban put another NFL coach on his staff. Next to offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, Doug Marone, who was at Jacksonville last year, will coach the offensive line for the Tide. Both the Chiefs and the Bucks are getting healthier for the Super Bowl. The Chiefs look like they'll have Le'Veon Bell and Sammy Watkins back for the game, and the Bucks will have Antonio Brown back as well. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Problem with some of these classic songs, you can't. You got to wait so long to get to the to get to get there. But it's always worth it. But I was trying, Stephen. We just can't quite can't quite make it. Those those intros used to be pretty long. I kind of forget that. Yeah, this is great for like DJ and music. Still don't have. We still don't have. Maybe I just got the (laughs) instrumental here. Steve Miller band and some of the others. They there it is. There, there it go. is. Minute in, minute two in. Okay, I, 
I just hated not to at least get there. Turn that up a little bit, please. All right, all right, there it is. It is uh, Mosley and Simcox. We can't, we can't waste time, Stephen. We only have an hour. We've got to, we've got to stay focused. We've got to be incredibly focused, and and uh, I intend to do that and honor that. We'll get to some quarterback talk in a second. We did have some folks. Uh, it is the one year anniversary of uh, of Kobe Bryant's uh, tragic death. His daughter Gigi. And uh, man, several others on that uh, on that uh, helicopter, and uh, again the sadness of Gigi's teammates, and uh, just the uh, just the unbelievable nature of that day. We are uh, one year uh, removed from that. It seems like, honestly, Stephen, after going through the pandemic and what everybody's gone through, and people losing loved ones to COVID, and and all those things, and the fights, and the mask, and this and that. Um, that feels like five years ago. I mean, it, it honestly feels like a different lifetime. It's hard for me to believe that uh, it, was, it, was, it was this day, as we sit here on January 26, that it happened. And, uh, Stephen, it happened on a uh, Sunday afternoon. And for some reason, it seems like bad things uh, we find out sad news on Sundays. I don't know. That goes back a long way in my life, at least. And I don't know if anybody else has that same experience, but it does feel like that at times. Uh, Stephen, I know our, some of our folks on the uh, on the CNC Collision text line have weighed in a little bit with some of their remembrances. I want to honor them and get some of those out there before we start talking about the NFL quarterback turnover. Uh, two five four. 662-1660 is that text line. And then, of course, that Freddie Kish uh, phone line. If you want to call us, you can always use Freddie Kish phone line for that same number. Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, Kelsey uh, chimed in. She lives in Waco, and she said she's a Lakers fan. She heard the news while at home, and uh, she said she's never taken a celebrity death so hard. And then Daryl in Waco said that his son – plays basketball and they were actually at a tournament his son is a sophomore in high school where they were at a tournament and they found the news they found out the news together at that tournament and um the whole team was was obviously upset he said he's a huge kobe fan and then his son was also uh because of him a big time kobe fan and they remember being at, at the gym and, and finding out uh the the tragic death of, of kobe bryant that day you know, it's interesting, Stephen. I, I, it makes me think about the fact that I, I think there were uh, kids in that 10 to 15-year-old range and, and, and older, uh, and even guys your age, Stephen, that, uh, that, that kind of that he idolized to a certain extent Kobe. You know, that's what guys of my age, kind of in that 43 to 50 range, um, that we we did that for Jordan. I mean, you know, and that's why this argument about LeBron or Jordan and all that kind of stuff and Kobe. You know, we we never could get past Jordan. It's like it's got to be MJ. He's our guy. And you know, what's made me think about that lately too, Stephen, is this fascination or obsession I would call it with triple doubles. What do we do? I mean, you know, the the Mavs will lose a game, and then we sit there and talk about. Oh my gosh, Luca has how many triple doubles? Oh my gosh, he's climbing the chart of triple doubles below the age of 22. And this 
this is more than magic or more than the big O or something like that. And one thing I think of, Stephen, is that Kobe and Michael and Magic and Larry and even the big O, like they didn't think of, they never thought about triple doubles. One year, Wilt did average like eight or nine assists a game just because he wanted to show people that he was more than just a scorer and more than just a big man and that he could pass the ball. And so in the night, I think it was the 1968-69 season, Wilt Chamberlain started passing the ball a bunch. And just to kind of put it in people's face a little bit that, hey, I'm more than just a guy who scored 100 points in a game one time. And... Um, I thought somebody kind of had a funny line today, Stephen. I was seeing on Twitter, they, they said, you know, today, in today's world, uh, where in that one game, Wilt had 100 points, 25 rebounds, and two assists, like, people would complain that he didn't have a triple-double. <laughs> it wasn't a stat stuffer that day. <laughs> I'm tired of the triple-double. I I think we're giving it too much. I, I, I mean, liked, Westbrook I, won an MVP because of it. Like yeah, that's why like, he basically won the MVP award. I think it's silly. I mean, I I think it. I think you see players chasing it now. Much to, uh, much to my happiness, m- one of my favorite players in the NBA never chases them. Now, I would say Donovan Mitchell is my favorite player in the NBA. My second favorite player is, and maybe one B is Nikola uh, jo- Jokic. Uh, the Joker, we call him, from Denver. And uh, they took down the Mavericks last night. And uh, St- <laughs> Oh, I thought of you, Stephen, because during that game, they were talking about having this long conversation about great passing big men and who they thought about. Unselled. Come on. Did they mention Wes? And Harper said Wes Unselled. Let's and go. I, and I almost called you. I was like, oh, my gosh. He said, I just remember you throwing that out there that one day, and I was like, what? What? Great West outlet Unseld. passes from Wes Unseld. Yeah, he would get a break going the other way. Yeah, you didn't come within twenty five years of seeing Unseld play. <laughs> <laughs> that now that my, that one held up better than my uh, idea that Brian Skinner was ahead of his time because he had a nice little mid range game. I know, and I think my dad got on to me for calling you on that. Kind of like you didn't really have to do that. You didn't really have to do that, Matt. You were just you're like, they also had a perimeter game, and I just couldn't let that one go. I was like, I've never seen. You remember you found those YouTube videos? The highlight compilations knocked, that I saw had Brian stepping out 15 feet and knocking, knocking it down. down some outside shots. We never saw a single out, a shot outside the paint at Baylor uh, <laughs> from Brian Skitter. All right, it's the uh, Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox, and um, love hearing from you. You can continue to do that, 254 Six six two sixteen sixty quarterback talk. Okay, Stephen, the musical chairs of quarterbacks. Now, I would say it'll be very interesting to see where Stafford ends up. I think Indy is a is a great destination. That seems to be the aging quarterback destination. Good receivers, good offensive line, good running backs, good defense. That's a plug and play situation. Big arm. Still young enough to put up big numbers. Matt Stafford, I I worry about him a little bit physically. He's taken a lot of punishment over the years. Been a good one. Been a good one for that Lions organization. Get him in there to Indy and see what he can do. I would have to think about that. Stephen, the more I think about Aaron Rodgers, the more I find it a head-scratcher 
that when you have Devontae Adams, and I'm not saying Lazard and some of these other guys are, you know, uh, Scantling, Valdez Scantling, and some of these other guys are any great shakes. Now, Devontae is. Adams is great. But I'm hearing people say things like he's living in, it's like an impoverished roster or something. Well, they're... Their left tackle, who's apparently one of the great left tackles of our time, uh, Bakhtari, David Bakhtari, was out You know, late in the season, was out to the playoffs. They kept rolling. I mean, I know he got sacked, and he was, he was under a lot of pressure in that championship game. But, Stephen, I, I mean, am I, am I crazy? I know Kevin King played really poorly that cornerback. The other one, Jair Alexander, seems to be really, really good. I, I don't think the – why would – why would you be desperate to leave a roster that you've you've gotten to the championship game with twice two times in a row? I mean, it would almost be like Jim Kelly back in the day when they went to four or five AFC championship games in a row, just like, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. I need to go somewhere else. I need out of here. I, I don't I'm not the only thing I can see with this Aaron Rodgers uh, talk the other day, was one, just kind of raw emotion. Two, maybe it's genius. Maybe it's like in their face about get me a great wide receiver in the first round like or go get me some unbelievable player in free agency. Maybe it is a, a really smart play on the, on the part of Aaron Rodgers. Well, you make a good point. I mean, yeah, he, he doesn't have a lot of name, like big names as far as weapons. And it is funny to hear, you know, Lazard and, and Scantling. It almost sounds like they're, they're players that were created on Madden or something with some of those names. But Oh, look at the other ones, Equinius, Equinius St. Brown. <laughs> and then they got Tanya in the tight end. They just, uh-huh. they're, really, yeah. they're really doing it on the name front. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they have a, a good system there. It's a very stable organization. Unless he is just so ticked off by that draft pick of Jordan Love and he feels disrespected and wants to move on, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. And Matt LaFleur's only been there for a couple years. He's he's uh, sort of gotten Aaron Rodgers to buy in to running the ball more, you know, doing some different things offensively. He was able to get Mike McCarthy out of there. He had a rift with him and, you know, Mike uh-huh. got fired. So they're obviously in his corner. So unless he is just so upset – at the the drafting of Jordan Love and feels threatened by that, I don't know why he'd want to move. Yeah, it it is uh, it, it's a little bit of a head scratcher to me as well, Stephen. I wanted to bring the latest uh, uh, NFL news to our people. We get, there, there's uh, uh, several injured players for for the Chiefs and Buccaneers are expected to be healthy for the Super Bowl. Chiefs running back Le'Veon Bell with a knee and wide receiver Sammy Watkins, as well as the Bucks duo of Antonio Brown and safety Antoine Winfield Jr., all expected to be ready for February 7th, sources telling Diana Russini. Stephen, you know her from ESP. Diana does a nice job. So all those players will be back. The one I was looking for, um, Whitehead, Jordan Whitehead, that safety from the Bucks. Uh, underwent an MRI on Monday, and it's too soon to tell whether he'll be able to play in the Super Bowl. And they're going to take that one day at a time. This according to ESPN's Jenna Lane. Stephen, do we know Jenna? 
That's a. That's a. I think that's uh, a yep. new name. I believe to me. she covers the Bucks for ESPN. She's on that beat. Jenna Lane. Steven, you ever heard of Penny Lane? I haven't. No. You never saw the movie Almost Famous? Man, that's another movie that I should have seen that I haven't. There's a list of like famous movies that I haven't seen that people get like, oh, you haven't seen that? So I usually just lie and say that I've seen them because it, uh-huh. it makes it easier. Cameron Crowe Cameron Crow vehicle. And in, in early in his career as a youngster, it's kind of a uh, semi-autobiographical. Uh, he... He did some writing for Rolling Stone magazine, and the, the most famous editor right, slash writer for for uh, for Rolling Stone was a guy named I think Lester Bangs or something like that, who shows up in in, in a few movies. But uh, but back in the day, uh, so can't this this character is sort of loosely based on uh, on Cameron Crowe as a as a teenager going on the road with like a, this one was based on. It wasn't Aerosmith, it, but it was a it was a band that predated Aerosmith. It would have been I'm just trying to think of a you know it wasn't Def Leppard. I'm just trying to think of a huge the huge band from back then. I'll think of it during the break. But it was based on him traveling around with a with a band. And so Penny Lane was involved, played by Goldie Hawn's daughter. What's her name? Uh, she's in a lot of stuff. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Yeah. 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 Good movie. Good movie. All right, Stephen. We got a lot more to get to. We got some more. Uh, I, I want to get a little more quarterback talk and then um, some Big 12 basketball. Tomorrow we'll have our Big 12 basketball report. But uh, I do have some thoughts on on the state of the Big 12. And it's good. It's not. I don't want everybody to be like, oh, Mosley's going to talk about COVID or something. No, no, no. It's a very positive thing about Big 12 basketball. And then, Stephen, one horrific um, rule right now in college basketball that is hurting the product that we'll talk about next. Recently on the John Moore Show. Dan Schulman, ESPN, our guest. I was uh, saying earlier in the hour, Dan, uh, kind of telling your your travel story about how when you go on a road trip, you go on a serious road trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm Canadian for those who right, don't know right. down there, and I, I still, I've always lived in Canada, so during the pandemic, we had in Canada a 14-day quarantine whenever you come back to Canada. So they installed a kit in my house that a lot of people have. So I called about six or seven games from home while uh, over the holidays. And now I'm back down in the U.S. Uh, my trip started in Waco, actually. I flew from Toronto to Dallas, drove to Waco. And because I can't go back and forth, I believe I am now uh, away from home for the duration of the regular season, like through championship week. So I am very lucky I have a supportive, independent wife. Listen to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. At Genco, getting an auto loan is quick and easy. Whether you're looking to buy a new ride or save money by refinancing an auto loan you already have, Genco members enjoy low rates and flexible terms to fit any budget. Get pre-approved today and know what you qualify for. Call us, go online, or come by a branch in your area for current options and rates. Apply online for membership today. Genco FCU, my money, my future, my credit union since 1953. Member NCUA, equal housing lender. Why not start off the new year in a new Ram truck? The Start Something New sales event is in full swing at Cameron Autoplex in Cameron, Texas. Right now, take $10,000 off MSRP on a new 2021 Ram 1500 Lone Star with 12-inch touchscreen and 20s. Or $7,000 off MSRP on a new Ram 2500 Crew Cab Bighorn. 
Cameron Autoplex is your Central Texas truck authority. So make that short drive and let us prove to you why it's always cheaper and easier in Cameron. What you do in privacy is your own business. What you do in public with your truck, well, that's our business at Pickup Outfitters. In your garage, it's okay for your truck to parade around in the nude with no accessories. Hey, this is still America. But when you bring your truck out in public, it's just common decency to put an outfit on your truck. And that's where we come in at Pickup Outfitters. Put a cover on that bed. Cover your rear end with a bumper and a hitch, for goodness sakes. There are women and children on the roads. And guys, don't leave your tools exposed. Put them in a toolbox. Be proud of your truck and stand tall with a lift kit. Or improve your truck's posture with a leveling kit. Add some class to your pickup with new wheels and tires. Or dress up for a date with your new RV or boat with a fifth wheel or a receiver hitch. At Pickup Outfitters, we're dedicating to making the roads decent for all Central Texans. So when taking your truck out in public, remember your manners and accessorize it properly with an outfit for Pickup Outfitters. 220 Lake Air Drive in Waco. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley from the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. NeighborWorks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you. Not enough money for down payment or low credit score? NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score, and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense. Plus, to make sure you know what to look for, in selecting that perfect home for you and your family, call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access our programs knowing your safety is their highest priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weinch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. In the Big 12 last night, number 10 Texas Tech lost to number 11 West Virginia 88-87, and Oklahoma State beat Iowa State 81-60. Number 5 Texas is scheduled to host Oklahoma tonight, although Shaka Smart has tested positive for COVID-19 and is in isolation working remotely. Number 9 Lady Bears are back home tonight, hosting TCU at the Farrell Center. Tip is at 7 o'clock, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Nick Saban put another NFL coach on his staff. Next to offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, Doug Marone, who was at Jacksonville last year, will coach the offensive line for the Tide. Both the Chiefs and the Bucks are getting healthier for the Super Bowl. The Chiefs look like they'll have Le'Veon Bell and Sammy Watkins back for the game, and the Bucks will have Antonio Brown back as well. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Oh, there he is, Stephen. Kellen Mond has been measured at the Senior Bowl. I'm looking at these heights and weights coming in measurables. They're in Mobile, getting measured, social distance, good. Look at that. I gotta, I gotta remember what good hand size is. It says nine to eight. Stephen, let's look that up. Um, what good hand size is for? I'm NFL not sure. I want to Google that. <laughs> Stephen. Don't say, don't make dirty jokes. All right, height 
is uh, six six o two four. Is that six foot two or is that six foot even? I don't know. I've no. never I've never crossed the six foot threshold. So. Six zero two four. I'm six one. I know I you live in a Kelly world. Mond is six two. You live What's in a that? world the rest of us don't. I'm a big man. Yep. I'm a big big man. All right, Stephen. What I was looking for. We'll try to have him on this week from the Senior Bowl. That'll be fun. Was uh, was the technician himself? You know who I'm talking about, William Bradley the, King. The, yeah, yeah. Oh, here he is. Here he is. Okay, let's get his let's get his dimensions. Okay, his measurables. Golly, they took a bad picture of it. Okay. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Six zero three three. So I would think he's six three and three quarters is what that means. All right, weight two fifty four, wingspan eight zero five eight. All right, Stephen, let's look at wingspan, and I want to. I'll look at a couple other defensive ends and see what do they call. Are we going to call him an outside linebacker or D? They're calling him a defensive lineman. I think. I guess we'll think of him as a D end basically. But two hundred fifty four pounds, and then the arm length, which is big as well for defensive lineman, three two six eight. Hand size one zero two eight. That's bigger than Kellen. That's like a full inch wider. They measure hand from, if I recall correctly, they kind of you put your hand out, and they'll go from like thumb to pinky sort of thing. I think that's how they measure. Stephen, I don't think you and I. I mean, we're relatively big guys in some ways. I'm not sure we would win any like. Hand size, you know, I, I, from from shaking your hand, I don't think you have yeah. the biggest hands at Eminem Broadcasting. I, have, I would say biggest hands, if I had to guess, would be somebody like uh, somebody maybe Q or Ward. Ward played college football. I bet Ward has decent sized hands. I have unusually small hands. And don't say anything about that two five four six six two sixteen sixty. And you know Mark Garrett that. might be, Garrett might Mark be that. a sneaky. <laughs> I feel like uh, what what was that Seinfeld episode where one somebody wanted to be a hand model or maybe Seinfeld was dating a hand model. That's pretty good. That might have, that might have been it. It's a pretty funny plot. But Garrett might be a sneaky contender here too because Garrett's a, a large guy. I mean he's tall. Well, that's got good reach. Uh, yeah, where's that flat bill? He is kind of a big, looming-type <laughs> guy. He's kind of, you know, he could be intimidating, but he's such a gentle giant, you know? But uh, I'll tell you, every once in a while, once he gets on Twitter, though, social media, that's when he takes the gloves off. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Well, whoa. and when we were doing Off the Bench together, I didn't realize this until uh, just one day he was talking about, uh, I believe we had the Oglesby football coach on because Oglesby had a nice little run in the playoffs. Garrett was like gonna play basketball in uh, in Marshall at East Texas Baptist. Like he was looking to do that, didn't end up working out. But the coaches there were interested. He would have been, you know, in your neck of the woods, Matt, over there in East Texas, playing some college Interesting. ball. Interesting. Interesting. Now he was gonna try try it as the manager. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just thought about something. I'm sorry, Garrett. I'm sure you were good. I mean, but he came from a tiny little place. My gosh, I don't even know if they had enough to fill the basketball team. <laughs> Um, did, did the, uh, and I came from a small place too. So did you, Steven. So we can't say much. We're bigger than Oglesby or wherever he came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, stretch is by far the guy with the biggest measurements oh, yeah, that's true. on I all fronts. Stretch. 
his reach, his hands. He's threatened to beat me up a couple times. And, I mean, you talk about – and, I mean, I can mouth with the best of them. I mean, I can. Mm-hmm. I'll go at just about anybody. But I am smart enough to know when to kind of run for the hills. Yeah. There, there, yeah. There was one time he came after me at, at our old radio station, and I, I almost had to go running around the station just to, just to <laughs> evade him. Stretch strikes me as a guy that – rails about how much he hates things like the combine and probably calls it the underwear olympics but i also feel like he was someone that was probably good at the underwear olympics because he he does have great size here's what he's going to do today he's going to have a segment where he just reads these six foot three 254 (laughs) ring the bell uh arms three two six eight that's an nfl reach right there garrett hand one zero two eight all right, let me look at this. Let me compare him to some of these other big dudes. I'm going to see what – oh, here's a hand. What's this guy play? Oh, he's a PK. This guy's a kicker. <laughs> oh, no, the kicker has bigger hands than than uh, Kellen Mond. This is not good. <laughs> the kicker from Miami. I can't believe they're having kickers out there. That is really something. This is the Reese's Senior Bowl. Now, here's this kid. I'm kinda, I kind of want to follow him. Offensive lineman from Texas Tech. Jack Anderson, and um, let's see. Let's see if we compare. Uh, hand one thousand. I, I still don't quite understand what that means. One zero zero zeros. That's ten. That's ten inches across. So that's bigger than Kellen Mond. Weight three hundred nine pounds. He's six four and six and six four inches. Wingspan of seven seven four eight. Let's go back here and look at what our buddy was, William Bradley King. What did I say? Wingspan, 8058. Compare that to this big offensive lineman and his wingspan, 7748. So he has, I think William Bradley King has great wingspan now that I kind of investigate. All right? And we'll continue. Text us if you're liking. I'll read a lot of measurables every day from all these players. <laughs> Senior Are you measurable segment. Measurable talk. 254 662 1660. Okay, what I meant to talk about here was, um, Stephen, let me look real quick, see if I have some time. Oh, good, good. I've got three minutes. Um, Big 12 basketball last night, Texas Tech, McClung is a bucket. I mean, he came from Georgetown. He's he's just kind of, he's an athletic guard. He surprises you a little bit with his athleticism. Why does he do that, Stephen? Why do we always say that about a white kid? But he he sneaky does. Sneaky athletic, he's yeah. Sneaky athletic. Lunch pail guy works hard. Yeah, yeah. So he dribble, but he really, man. When it gets to closing time, he wants that ball, and he gets it in his hands, and he hit a big three to put them up. And West Virginia calls timeout, and they had oh about twelve, thirteen seconds, sixteen seconds. Okay, and they called timeout again, called their last timeout, and they set up a play where basically. Their guy, Deuce McBride, they call him. I think his name's, real name is Miles McBride. He's got a really cool fro. Got a, got a fro that also has like some blonde, blonde streaks in it. Kind of a cool, this is a cool dude, McBride. And he, he takes it baseline, and then he, he accelerates, and he just throws it high off the glass and makes that thing with about four or five seconds left. And then Tech comes racing down the floor, and they get a nice look from McClung 
on the baseline to try to win it at the buzzer, and he and he misses it. I mean, it was pretty nice. I don't think – I think where he pulled up, Stephen, was the right play. And I know you and I were going back and forth between the uh, the Mavs and the Nuggets. That was a close game as well that the Mavs managed to lose down the stretch. Horrible offensive execution. But I would say, Stephen, that uh, a really good win for West Virginia – and interestingly, even though those teams are like one of them's four and three in conference, one of them's like three and three, they the nation really respects those teams. So it happened to be Tech at like number ten in the country versus West Virginia eleven in the country, and West Virginia wins it by one. And there was a lot of scoring in this game, and West Virginia misses a million layups. They got big men who are great rebounders. Uh, especially that one, you know, they had Toshibwe transferred out, but they've got one guy still there that's really Jared Culver. Culver. Yeah, Jared Culver. Wait, I think Jared Culver was the one that used to play at Tech. We, but maybe this guy's named the same thing. Anyway, this guy is so good, and uh, and th- he really, really – so I, I, I like both teams, and 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 I like both coaches a lot. Um, I would say right now, Stephen, if I had to rank the Big 12 teams, I'm not going to go with national rankings. I'm just going to s- s- call it like I see it. I would say Bears 1, West Virginia 2, Texas 3, Texas Tech 4, Kansas 5, which is so weird. So weird to have them in that in that kind of spot, but I think that's where they deserve right now. OU six, all right, uh, Stephen, and then TCU seven. Who am I missing? I feel like, oh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. I missed Oklahoma State. I would put Oklahoma State right, maybe right behind OU. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they would be six, and then and then we would get to uh, uh, o, uh, o, uh, o, uh, Oklahoma State, and then maybe TCU. Iowa State and uh, whoever that leaves. Kansas K-State. State is left. Yeah, and you're right. It's Derek Culver. My my apologies there, Derek, not Jared. No worries, no worries. That just that sounded kind of like a Texas Tech player that we used to know. I'm very um, I'm very upset about the charging calls in college basketball. They they now much like the NBA, kids are taught to basically. And I always took charges in high school and took great pride in that. But you tried to get set and actually let somebody run over you. Now you go racing over at the last minute, then you flop, and and they don't even they never they almost never call blocking anymore. It used to be hard to get a charge. I remember when I was a kid watching Chris Corciani and North Carolina State versus Duke when they were all awesome and. And it was it was incredible. Valvano was coaching there. Uh, it was incredibly hard to take a charge. Now all you have to do is sell it. They give it to you. If you flop, they'll give you a flop warning, but they don't do much to you. So there's no real downside to flopping. And and Baylor's great at it. And and again, I'm not saying they don't take legitimate charges. I'm just saying they they went from only making block calls. To making only charging calls, and it's 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 kind of just embarrassing to watch. Now, offensive players are adjusting to it and trying to be more athletic and trying to sidestep around it. And you're using euro moves to get around it. That's all fine, and maybe that'll solve some of it on its own. 
but the officiating and the way these things are being called needs to change so that we're not just sort of overloaded and overwhelmed with charging calls. All right, Stephen, that is my rant. I'm tired of it. It is time. We got to go. And uh, it is time for the J-Mo Show. The man they call John Morris. Excited to hear from him. And then Stretch, who's calling me as we speak, uh, 3 to 4, followed by game time, 4 to 6. Going to be a great day on ESPN Central Texas. Good night, everybody.